0: Hi hey guys, welcome back to Ladies Who Law School podcast. I'm Sam and I'm Haley, and this episode is sponsored by Barcast Audio. Barcast Audio are podcast-like audio lessons with tons of ways to basically learn everything that you need to know for the bar. Well, not everything, but definitely get you a head start. So, definitely check out Barcast Audio if you want to get ahead in exams and get ahead on bar studying.
1: Yes, Barcast Audio has the seven MBE subjects with attack outlines and podcast like lessons where you can take it on the go, in your car, walking your dog, in the shower, and you can listen and learn. About everything you need to know about these certain subjects for the bar. And if you're studying for finals and you're a 1L or maybe even a 2L taking evidence in constitutional law, you need to get on this guys because we use it and we love it. So use code LAW at barcastaudio.com for 10% off your MB pack.
0: And another word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. So sometimes when you're feeling down, a cup of tea or a nice bubble bath might help clear your mind. But what about when you can't clear your mind or move out of that overwhelming feeling? BetterHelp is there for you. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own
1: licensed professional Counselor, No, it's not a crisis help center. No, it's not a help hotline. It's professional counseling done securely online. Log into your account at any time and message with your counselor or schedule phone calls or even video chats. It's more convenient and more affordable than traditional counseling. So use betterhelp.com slash LWLS.
0: This week, we have a very, very special guest. She is always on TikTok and you guys have probably seen her a lot because she's very popular and we're so happy that we got to interview her. Yes, she's a family law expert and runs her own firm.
1: She's amazing. I can't wait for you guys to hear from our guests. So let's dive in. Please help me welcome our guest, Miss Kelly Chang-Rickert. So Kelly, tell us a little bit about yourself.
2: Hi everyone. I am a family law attorney in Los Angeles. I've been practicing family law for 21 years and I have my own law practice here in LA. Um, I'm a certified family law specialist and it's 100% of my business area. I don't practice any other law but family law.
0: So where did you go to law school? I went to the University of San Diego School of Law. And how did you decide on going to that school? Um, How many schools did you apply to? What was your process like?
2: Wow. So I think I probably applied to over 15 law schools. And, you know, I just picked the school that gave me the most amount of scholarships. So I believe USD gave me a full ride the first year. And it was such a beautiful campus. So it it just made my decision really easy because finances were kind of an issue.
1: So... What would you say were some of your biggest accomplishments and biggest struggles while you were at University of San Diego? When I was in
2: law school, I worked, I did a lot of working internships, which I recommend a lot to law students because the practice of law is vastly different than the learning of law. So for instance, I did an internship at the public defender's office. And then the subsequent year, I did an internship at the district attorney's office. So having seen both sides, I decided I wasn't going to do criminal law. So coming out, I only did civil law. Um, so I think my biggest accomplishment, I, I was able to finish law school in two and a half years. And so I was probably one of the youngest students and one of the l- youngest lawyers that was barred. I was 23. So that's probably a pretty big accomplishment. I passed the bar on my, so I walked in December. I finished six months early and then I took the February bar and I was a first time bar passer. Um, wow. So. <laughs>
0: That's amazing. I mean, I thought that I was young because um, I'm like one of the youngest in my law class too, but like you're really truly, were the youngest. Oh. Seriously. So that's awesome. Okay. So while you were in law school, how, like you said that you were at the public defender's office and then you were at the DA's office and then you decided, okay, criminal law is not for me. So how did you get into, did you get into family law while in law school or was it something after So in
2: law school, I also did another internship at the domestic violence shelter where I was helping women file restraining orders. So that was my first, um, I guess, encounter with family law. So I definitely did that. Um, It was kind of a sadder area of family law. Um, These days, I don't even do domestic violence restraining orders, but that was my first intro to
0: it. Okay. So what was your first job out of law school? So interestingly enough, um, when I was waiting for my bar
2: results, I was hired by a dot-com company called Square Trade. Uh, it used to be called Transacure, but it's it was an online mediation company helping uh, mediate disputes between eBay buyers and sellers. So I did that. It was like, back then alternative dispute resolution was kind of like blowing up. You know, how do we resolve cases without the expense of litigation? So like, You know, a good example is people buy a piano on eBay and, you know, they get the piano for like 500 bucks, but then they don't say anything about who's paying for shipping and shipping could be like a thousand bucks. And so the buyer's like, I bought your piano for 500, but now I have to pay a thousand to get it shipped. And the seller's like, well, I never said anything about shipping. So it's kind of like it was like an online mediation disputes. So I did that while waiting for my bar results. And then as soon as I passed the bar, I went and worked for a law firm. In San Francisco, it was called Dryden Margolis, a really small firm.
1: Very cool. What kind of law did you practice there?
2: It was a lot of insurance defense. Um, so they represented like Allstate, um, Mercury, you know, the insurance companies mm-hmm. uh, from like car ac- accidents on the job, stuff like that. And there was also a little bit of employment
1: law and construction defect. Wow, that sounds like you really got to see lots of different stuff from in law school to your first job. So tell us how you ended up transferring your career into family law. What did that look like? So I worked for firms for five years
2: and I always met my pro bono requirements doing stuff for like family. So like uh, in San Francisco, I also volunteered at a women's clinic where I did a lot of domestic violence restraining orders. You know, it's like pro bono, you help these women. So I did that all while I was um, at the law firm, so I always had that background, and so when I finally opened my firm, I just focused on family law. Yeah.
0: So, to anyone who's looking to open up their own firm, what are some of your beginning steps to that process? What you know what what should a new lawyer do if that's what they want to do?
2: Um, I think it's really important to have like an online presence, so you need to build your website and then get the word out that you have launched your own firm uh, and then begin the process of obtaining clients. So I think when I first started, there was this legal clinic called Legal Grind. It was like a coffee shop that you can go and get 25 You pay like $25 and you have like a 10-minute consult with an attorney. So I was like a volunteer attorney there. And so from there, I got a ton of new clients. I got a lot of TV exposure. And then... Yeah. And then get known in your community. So like family law is really small. Um, I got to know a lot of lawyers and judges on the bench and then they refer you out and then it's kind of a snowball effect. Very
0: cool. So if we were to ask you what you love the most about family law, what would you say you love the most? I would say that
2: you, you see people at their worst and you help them get better. So I think if you are the type that wants to see human transformation for the better, it's a very fulfilling job. That being said, you have to be very careful about the type of clients you pick. So, you know, I mentioned I don't do domestic violence restraining orders because there's a lot of aggressors and perpetrators. I've gotten my fair share of death threats. So, you know, for these women that are married to wife beaters, like, I don't want to deal with that. I'm a 90-pound lawyer. I don't want to deal with that. Um, And then there's also on the other end of the dark side is that there's a lot of uh, false restraining orders. So like both men and women, not just women, but men claiming they were abused or beaten by their wives or, you know, the other way around. But it's it's false accusations as well. So it's we're not just dealing with like real abusers. We're dealing with liars. And so, you know, you have to be very careful about who you picked uh, to be your client. And so, you know, now 21 years into my practice, I'm extremely picky. Um, I'm very lucky because I I have a lot of people that want me to represent them. And so I pick and choose. So I usually carry a roster of no more than 20 cases. And, you know, I pick and choose really wisely, usually the clients that can afford me and, you know, pay their bills. And I, you know, there's like a rapport, but I don't just really, really take family law clients (laughs) because if you do that, you're going to. I had a friend that was shot. I mean, she represented a woman. This guy came in and shot her in the hand.
0: (laughs) So I mean, I feel like family law can be like that and criminal law can kind of be like that. Like I'm at a criminal defense firm right now Mm -hmm. and I've definitely had experiences where I'm like, okay, I don't know if I want to do criminal law because like, this is just, I don't feel comfortable for even my own safety, you know? Yeah. So I totally get where you're coming with that. And I think it's so great that you're at the point in your career where you can choose what clients you want because really? it, it helps you feel safer. And uh-huh. it just, it's, that's the dream really, you know?
2: Yeah, it is. Uh, criminal law is very dangerous. I have a friend that does criminal law and he does not put or talk about his family. Cause he's like, they could be collateral. So, you know, you gotta be, the difference is though, I think like if you're working with criminals mm-hmm. by the time they already committed the crime. So when they come to you, they're like on their best behavior with mm-hmm. family law, you could have totally great, great people, but they go down this emotional roller coaster and they're pulling out guns, shooting each other. And they're not, they're not murderers. They're just very emotional because somebody betrayed them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, with family law, you're dealing with like the darkest of people's secrets, betrayal, you know, people feeling left abandoned, all those bad feelings in a bag.
1: Yeah. So with all that being said, what would you say is your number one tip to a current law student who wants to practice family law?
2: Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. I I don't, I, I remember when I was a law student, I think a driving force would be, you know, salary, you know, how? right? It's, um, I think, if I were to do it all over again, um, I would probably do something like personal injury where you can, you know, represent seriously injured people against insurance companies with deep pockets. Like you can get multi-million dollar settlements. It's probably the same amount of work. It's less emotion. I mean, sure, there's emotion, but I think when you're dealing with an insurance company, you're not dealing with like somebody whose husband beat them or somebody whose husband cheated on them. It, you're just too involved with like, Mm -hmm. A lot of times I feel like I'm a therapist and I'm like, I didn't go to school for this. I just want to practice law, you know? So as I get older and older, I like the more intricate, like drafting of prenups because it's more sterile than finding out, you know, deeper. I don't really need to secrets or what they're doing in their bedroom. I don't want to know that stuff, but people always tell me because I'm a family law attorney. So... Mm -hmm.
0: So how do you deal when you get emotionally invested in a case, right? I don't if you do ever. Um how how do you, you know, take control of those emotions and deal with the situation in front of you with a clear head when, you know, emotions can run high, I'm sure. Um there's a difference
2: between compassionate and showing empathy and then being involved in their drama. So I typically I'm very empathetic and compassionate Because, you know, you're going through a tough situation, but I'm also very quick to let them know that it's cheaper for them to work with a mental health therapist because my my specialty is law. I'm particularly good at the law and making arguments. And if I were to be emotional, that's not the type of lawyer you want. And so I'm very gentle, but firm. So they get it. So, you know, I don't have as many people like crying on my shoulders or calling me and telling me about stuff that's kind of like eating up their billable hours. So, you know, you just have to, I also don't take those types of clients anymore. (laughs) So a lot of it is already done for me because of the selection of people I choose to represent.
1: So I know that on your website, it talks about you doing mediation. Do you currently do any mediation now? Or was that just from the beginning of your career? I now do a lot more of mediations. So about five or six
2: years ago, I started incorporating mediations into my practice and I'm trying to leave litigation. I still carry a few litigation cases because family law, it's impossible to never litigate. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm trying to build my mediation practice and do more of like prenups and mediations and less litigation. We'll be right back.
0: Hey guys, we want to take a moment to talk about something that has been a game changer for us busy lawyers, Audible.
1: Yes, Audible has been our go-to platform for incredible audiobooks, offering an extensive library of thrillers, nonfiction, autobiographies, and mysteries.
0: And guess what? We've got a special treat for you audible is offering a free trial to our listeners and all you need to do is check the link in the show notes it's the perfect opportunity to experience the magic of audiobooks without spending a dime
1: speaking of thrillers i know you are currently hooked on never lie by Frieda mcbadden Samantha, can you tell us a little bit about it
0: Absolutely. The twists and turns in Never Lie have kept me on the edge of my seat during the workday and even when I'm on my daily walks. It's like having a suspenseful companion wherever I go.
1: And for those looking for some financial wisdom, I have been engrossed in My Money, My Way by Kamuku Love. It's packed with practical advice on managing finances, perfect for anyone trying to navigate the complexities of money management.
0: What we love most is the flexibility Audible offers. As lawyers, our schedules can be unpredictable, but with Audible, we can enjoy our favorite books on the go, whether we're stuck in traffic, hitting the gym, or waiting for a court hearing.
1: So if you're ready to embark on a literary journey and discover the joys of audiobooks, click the link in the show notes to start your free trial with Audible. Trust us, you won't want to miss out on this fantastic offer.
0: Can you tell us a little bit about the process to becoming a certified family law specialist? Like, do you have to take a test or would you just apply or what what does that look like?
2: That's a great question. So the California Bar has about nine legal specialties that you can get, you know, specialized in and family law is one of them. Um, The requirements are on the website, but I think it requires you to have at least 10 years of family law, a certain amount of trials, I think 20. Um, you need to obtain letters of references from like three or five judges or colleagues, and you need to pass a written exam, which is really rigorous. Um, so yeah, you, you have to do all these things to be certified family law specialists. And there's not very many, there's only like 1,500, 1,300, something like that specialists in California, maybe more now.
0: Well, I totally get why you're an in-demand lawyer. Like if there's only <laughs> 1,500 in the whole state of California, like that's That's a pretty cool feat, you know? And that's a huge feat.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. So obviously um, you own your own firm. What would you say to law students who want to open up their own firm? Do it. Um, I think it's amazing to hang. There's
2: a woman, her name is Caroline Elephant and she runs this website called myshingle.com, you know, hanging your own shingle. And she basically coaches lawyers to go and open their own firms. And there's this guy that wrote um, how to build a law practice. I forgot his name, but if you Google him, he just wrote like an updated edition. It's like how to build a profitable law practice. Um, I love it. I think, so if you're young, when you come out of law school in your twenties, it's awesome to go work at a law firm because you have lots of lawyers there and you guys go out to lunch and you spend every waking hour with them. I think that's awesome. But then once you have a family, like I have two children that I breastfed, I like running my own thing because I juggle my own time very well. I don't like, I don't like working for people because I don't want to cater to their time. Mm -hmm. So with your own firm, you can set your hours. You can decide you want to take this client or not. You can decide, you know, it's as simple as like, oh, I want my female files to be red and all my male files to be blue. Like you can run your office your way, market your way. So I, I love it. Uh, but you know, it gets lonely. Like, yeah, I don't have, I don't work with very many people. Everybody's virtual right now. I only have, I have four staff. So I have me two assistants and a contract attorney and we never see each other. So it can get a little lonely.
1: Mm -hmm. That's the con. Yeah. Was it like that before COVID where y'all were virtual or was it, is that just been since the pandemic? It's
2: been since the pandemic uh, before they would come in. I've I'm pretty flexible as a boss. And mm-hmm. so it's easier for them to work at home. I'll let them because these days we're gifted with like internet. Yeah. So I'm, like I have clients coming in or I have a lot of filing to do. I let them work from home. I'm pretty flexible. That's another thing. When you open your own practice, the first thing you need to do is hire an assistant because for some reason, people think lawyers are free. <laughs> so I don't answer my phones. They go somewhere else. And I don't talk to people because if I were to talk to every person that calls me i literally won't have time to do anything yeah
0: and i feel like when you give people your time when you know it's so valuable you're like yeah. oh my gosh i could be working in for my actual clients and not you know doing yeah. this other stuff and actually getting paid you yeah, know exactly i just think if i were to call a lawyer and they answered i'd be
2: like why don't you have any cases right you it's true. why are you answering your own phones that so, is like, so I never, true right I, so I've never answered my own phones. I never, and I do family law. So it's a lot of my husband cheated on me, my wife kicked me out, my dog. It's a lot of like boo-hoo stories, which mm-hmm. I'm very compassionate, but I can't, I can't get anything done if I'm listing on the phone. And once they know they have a lawyer on the phone, they won't get off the phone. Yeah. I mean, they keep my staff. Like sometimes <laughs> Phoebe will be like, oh, I just talked to this lady for 40 minutes. 40 minutes. I'm like, I literally, I, I literally have-, have five hours to work before I have to go do my, you know, life. So I just, I don't talk to people. The first yeah. moment I'm already, pay- my, my assistants schedule me. They already take payments. So by the time I talk to someone, I'm already paid. Yeah, And that's our profitable. <laughs> if you waste your time, you're not going to be profitable.
0: Absolutely. I mean, you're running a business at the end of the day, you know? Yeah,
2: that's exactly right. You're not free. I do a lot of education. Like I, I keep a very um, detailed blog. I don't know if you've seen it, but I write, I write a lot. And then in my free time, I do TikToks that people can view. But if you want specific legal advice, like you need to pay for my time because I only have like six hours in a day that I can bill. So,
1: Absolutely. So whenever you're not working, what do you like to do in your free time? I know you said you have two kiddos. So what else do you guys like to do? So I have two daughters, 12 and nine,
2: and um, we're a very tight family. Like, I don't think my kids have been away from me more than one night. And I'm always with them. Um, I play piano with them. I teach them. I do their homework. I take them hiking. We, we do a lot of stuff together as a family.
1: I love that.
0: And was it difficult to manage your legal career when you first had children?
2: Yes, it was. It was so incredibly hard. Um, the best thing I did during those years was I, had, I hired an, an associate. And she was a wonderful associate. She picked up Roundup and just basically learned how to run my office. So I really depended on her for about five years. Because, yeah. um, you know, that's the length of time that they start going to preschool. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, I depended on her. I also had a full-time au pair living with us. So I had a lot of help. <laughs> and without the help, I could never have juggled because you're just so weak from you know, childbirth and breastfeeding and not sleeping.
1: Yeah, of course. So whenever you first had your first kid, were you at your own firm at that point or were you working for someone else? Okay. I already had my own firm by the time I got married. Oh, so nice. yeah. So I opened
2: my firm, uh, I think on my 30th birthday, right before my, when I turned 30 and then I That's got awesome. married at 32. So
0: Wow, that is, that's just great. Yeah, because, you know, we always talk about like what our timeline looks like and when we would like to open our firms. And, you know, 30 sometimes feels so close, but then again, it's really not that close. And we'll be practicing for a while. Yeah. A perfect. Do you guys want
2: to open your own firms? I I would like to. Awesome.
0: Yeah. Eventually, of course.
2: When I find it, when I get off the phone, I see it on the shelf. I'll tell you the name of the author. Perfect. He's this little old man now and he's so nice, uh, but he wrote this brilliant book about how to open your own law practice. Like I followed it to a T. Perfect.
0: And uh, we'll make sure to link that in the show notes. So all our listeners can get that book too. So great. Yeah. it's. I see it on the shelf, but I just can't see his name, but I will.
2: I have like bad memory now that I'm 45. I used to remember people and now they're like, I can't remember their kids' names. I can't remember anything. So.
0: (laughs) I
1: feel like a lot of moms say that too, right? You're like, oh gosh. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So if you could go back to right before you started law school and tell yourself something like a tip or something inspirational to get through it, what would you tell yourself? I probably would have been like,
2: start your firm earlier. Like, you know, the first five years working for firms was such a waste, okay. you know? It's funny because I, I, I was fired three times. So I was like going from firm. So I went from Dryden Margolis to Hay Brown and Bone Steel, another insurance, big firm. Then I went from there to Cooper White and Cooper. It was These are all San Francisco firms. And then I got laid off. And then I came down here and I worked for two other firms, but it was always like the same. You know, I always thought I'm, you're making more, but it's the same. You always have to be there. You always have to bill. You can't do your own thing. Yeah. It just got depressing. And it wasn't until you run your own firm that you realize you're in control. Mm-hmm. It is scary, but you reap all the profits, you know? So, I mean, think about it. Most firms have a 2000 hour a year billable. So think about it. So let's say, so my hourly rate's like 500, right? Mm -hmm. So let's say 2000 times 500, that's a million bucks a year I have to make for them. And they probably pay you when I was working, I was paid 130,000. So they're making $870,000 off off of you. Yeah. Yeah. They want you to
1: work your butt off. Yeah. Yeah.
2: They're always on your case about billable hours you got to do 160 or 170. I've even heard of some firms with 2,200 um, an, a year. I mean, that's ridiculous.
0: Oh, that's so You know bad. what though? But unfortunately, a lot of the, bi- it was in big law, A uh, kind of, it was mm-hmm. in a big, yeah, big law. I mean, that's what you hear. That's yeah. kind yeah. of standard, right? And that's why I wouldn't personally want to do that. And I'm, you know, you obviously were not into it, but no. there's a certain kind of person yeah. And deal with that. But that's not me. Even
2: so. just like. I know. It's so great that, you know, I didn't know I was trying to fit myself into a mold and I was always miserable, yeah. you know, because I'm like, I can't do this. And maybe that's where my diversity comes in. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's where, you know, being Asian and a girl helped me. I, I mean, I don't know. It's so mm-hmm. hard to point, you know, like people yeah. are like, you're, were you discriminated against? I'm like, probably, but I, maybe I, I was working too hard to even notice, you I, know?
0: Yeah. I, I can feel see that. that I mean, yeah.
2: A hundred percent. I'm well, sure there are people out there that wouldn't hire me because I'm an Asian girl.
0: I'm sure. Well, but th- I mean, there's people out there who don't hire people just because they're women, you know, mm-hmm. like True. Th- there's people out there who are just going to not hire people because they just have something against. People. Yeah. And those are not the people we want to work for. Exactly. At mm-hmm. the end of the day.
2: You, you, you are going to do so well. I'm so happy you're already thinking about that. I didn't even have the wherewithal to think I was going to have my own firm. I
0: always thought the answer is in firms, you know, yes. big firm. Well, more I, think, money- I think the podcast, you know, meeting all of these attorneys like you who have opened up their own firms and have said, you know what, I don't have to fall into this mold, right? That they say that I need to go to big law and make 160000 right out the gate. Like that's not everyone's uh, story and that's not everyone's purpose. and More passion. Yeah, so...
2: Yeah. I can see you two running your own firms. You're going to be so happy and you're going to have families. Yes. So
0: That's the thing. I want a family. I know that's what I want in my life, right? I want a family and I want to be successful. And I think that running your own firm is the best way to do that because you get control, like you said, control of your life. Yeah. Because how are you going to do that in a big law when they want you there at 6am? They
2: want you there at 9pm? Oh. You know, because you're all controlled by, they're called golden handcuffs. So they'll give it to you, but you're chained to your desk and you know, it could make you pretty, I'm
1: an Aquarius. I need to be free. <laughs> like I I'm that. a free, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, no, absolutely. So, and we just hear time and time again, how the bill, the billable hours are just
2: ridiculous. Every,
1: every new lawyer's worst nightmare. Right. And you know, even you talking about lasting for five years, that's a pretty good time. Right. And you were still like, why am I just so upset? I, I thought I was going to be happy. And I think it's just nice to be able to meet someone and know someone who can validate that for us and even push more and more of us to start our own firm. So Good for you. Well, thank I'll you. be your. Any you please: want. Yes, you can do
2: it. You trust me. You can awesome. do it. Well, it's funny you. in between launching my own firm. I was so confused. I moved to LA. I was on a reality TV show. I got my broker's license. I got my emergency teaching credential. I was working, t- I was like trying to like do other things. Cause you know, I became a lawyer so young. And so I was like, oh, would I be happier selling real estate? I still mm-hmm. have a broker, uh, which actually helps my current job because I know a lot about real estate and dividing yeah. assets. Perfect. So yeah. And I even studied to be a CFA, you know, financial advisor, which is kind of what I do anyway, as a <laughs> divorce lawyer, Literally. Uh-huh. but everything just fit in. And now mm-hmm. I'm on TV a lot because of all those actors I used to meet when I went to auditions. So it all—it's all—it's like connecting the dots backwards. Yes, exactly. You know, we, It's t- somewhere we don't know where. Like TikTok led me to you guys, right? It's, yes. And when I first started TikTok, people were like, "Lawyers don't do that. That's so unprofessional." Uh, if you log into TikTok now, there's plenty of lawyers on there.
0: Oh <laughs> my gosh! Yes. If you search like uh, "lawyers of TikTok" um, like hashtag.
1: It is insane. I know. I learned so. I learned. Sometimes new things on TikTok about law than I have at school. <laughs> as much as I hate to admit that, like how to drain your spaghetti? How to, you know, right? you're supposed to instead of pouring in the
2: drainer, use the drainer and pour the. I've learned so much on TikTok every day. I'm like, oh, I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, so I love it. A lot, social... right? Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Well, Kelly, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you? Oh
2: sure, uh, TikTok. <laughs> I'm Lawyer Kelly everywhere. Uh, TikTok, Instagram, uh, Twitter, YouTube. What's, am I missing something? Snapchat? I'm never on Snapchat. Uh, LinkedIn, you can, I'm just Kelly. So I I think I mostly use TikTok uh, and then Instagram and then barely any Twitter, but I am on YouTube. It's all Lawyer Kelly.
1: Awesome, great. Well, thank you so much. We really appreciate this. Thank you for having me on. Yes. She's the absolute cutest human. Guys, I just think one of the things I love most is how women in law are open and honest about what it looks like to raise a family and still be a really successful lawyer. And she did that. She she was so young when she graduated law school and then opened her firm at a young age and then Was already owning her own firm when she had babies, you know? And I think that that's the beauty of being a lawyer and having this trade is that you can really use it to your advantage and have that entrepreneurial style with your family. And I look forward to that.
0: I also like how she, you know, emphasized how you don't have to go to big law. You know, we've been saying that, and it just shows like, it's not for everybody and that's totally okay like you can go open up your own firm join another firm like there's so many opportunities all different sizes of firms that you can be happy at so if you're listening out there and you know everyone around you is talking about big law and if you and if you're feeling mm, that might not be for me that is okay you just got your validation
1: absolutely guys we totally encourage you to make sure and check out the show notes to read that book that she was talking about. I know that we are and reach out to her. If you have questions or you want to know more about family law or starting your own firm, she's so open and she's so nice and We just couldn't recommend her enough. So reach out.
0: All right, guys. Well, you can find us on Instagram at Ladies Who Law School Podcast. You can also find us on Facebook and our Facebook group. We're at about nine hundred people in there, so that's awesome. And you guys are talking every single day and thank you because I don't know how I would get to every single one of your questions. So I'm so glad that you guys are like all friends and I love it. Yes. Keep helping each other out and
1: good luck with finals. And we'll talk to you guys soon. Bye. Bye.